Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll update you on the Bang Energy bankruptcy proceedings and explain why I believe Jack Oak's most hated rival will likely own his company soon. But before we get started, I would love if you took 48 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. If it ends up becoming true, this will go down as one of the biggest FU business moves of all time. So I'll decode that introductory statement a bit later in this content. But first, a lot has happened since the parent company of Bang Energy filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on October 10th of 2022. If you checked out my previous comprehensive Bang Energy bankruptcy explained content about five months ago, you've likely been wondering what's going on at the beverage empire that Jack Owak built. Well, you clicked into the right place, but with so much going on, where do we start? And maybe a good place would be to update you on a timeline I mentioned in that initial content where I stated that Bing Energy won't be changing hands if Jack Oak is able to find a way to refinance its almost $1 billion in debt. If that doesn't happen in the next three and a half months, Bing Energy will be put up for sale. Now, three and a half months obviously has passed. So why didn't the bankruptcy auction happen for Bing Energy? It's a bit complicated, but a few things were at play here. Firstly, this is a highly contested case that involves a lot of egos, emotions, and competitors being the largest creditors, which has ballooned the total court documents to over 1,000 and counting. Secondly, the original debtor in possession or DIP financing was challenged by the U.S. trustee's office as they believed it improperly rolled up pre-petition debt. This was approved in mid-January and upsized to handle the needed cash burn from revenue decline at Bang Energy. And then finally, the goal of any Chapter 11 bankruptcy is to maximize value of the asset by reorganizing the business in the most effective way possible. This in turn helps creditors get paid back as much as possible. Two major things were at play here. Bang Energy was initially in the midst of a major distribution change after leaving the PepsiCo system, and it took time for Huron Consulting Group to get fully up to speed on the billion-dollar vertically integrated asset-heavy bankrupt company. Let's kind of unpack those two major things a bit more, though. Bang Energy announced the split from its distribution deal with PepsiCo in late June of 2022, but 
It takes way more time than the snap of a fingers when transitioning away from an exclusive national DSD distribution agreement with one entity into a decentralized distribution model that likely includes hundreds of DSD partners. That has tons of execution risk that most commonly would be seen in the operations department within inventory controls, not having the appropriate products stocked Across the over 100,000 retail distribution points of Bang Energy can cause huge declines in sales revenue. It also doesn't help that Bang Energy was already losing market share within the increasingly competitive beverage category and re-entering independent DSD trucks in a non-exclusive manner. Adjacent to the DSD swap challenge causing revenue declines, Bang Energy also had to contend with the perception is reality problem that occurs when the market misinterprets Chapter 11 bankruptcy as the business is closing right then. While that might not completely spook large retail partners on its own, Bang Energy also had the issue, maybe you could say it was the straw that broke the camel's back, where they falsely advertised the health benefits of the ingredient supercreatine. That court decision forced them to remove all mention of supercreatine from packaging and advertising. So combining those two things, large retail partners, knowing they had other attractive energy drink options to fill shelves, decided to start delisting Bang Energy. That's why you've seen Bang Energy. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Decline revenue-wise like 40-ish percent year-over-year in the final quarter of 2022. This year, the outlook wasn't expected to get much better as a 2023 Goldman Sachs Beverage Bites survey of about 30,000 C-store retailers indicated that 64% planned on reducing or allocating no shelf space for Bang going forward. With the granddaddy of a mall sales channel of energy drinks not supporting the brand, it shouldn't surprise anyone that we've most recently seen a 50% volume decline in Bang Energy for the four weeks ending February 25th of 2023. The other major thing to unpack here is that it has taken the Huron Consulting Group uh, a bit more time to get fully up to speed on the billion-dollar vertically integrated asset-heavy bankrupt company. For those that maybe have never heard of Huron Consulting Group, they are a publicly traded management consulting firm that has been hired to maximize value of the asset by reorganizing the business in the most effective way possible. As part of the early Huron Consulting and or probably like the banker's recommendations, they started injecting outside leadership voices inside Bang Energy and on its board of directors. This is a common practice to change the balance of power when a company is owned wholly by its founder, CEO, and executive of the board. First, it made John DiDonato, Huron Consulting's managing director, Bang Energy's chief transformation officer, and then additionally, food and beverage industry veteran Kathy Cole was hired as chief operating officer 
to oversee the integration of a new high-performance operations model, but she only lasts about two to three months for, I don't really know, but I would guess it's probably something for philosophical reasons. But regardless, Huron Consulting has been working in the background to stabilize the business. The interesting thing about Chapter 11 bankruptcy is that you get to peek into the books of private companies because they are required to submit monthly financial statements to the bankruptcy court. The latest available would be January of 2023, where Bang Energy, through its main account, they also have several other ones, but my guess would be it's only going to add a few incremental dollars here had monthly net revenues of just over $30 million. Now at that sales level and great margin that Bang Energy has, that would create a small operating profit. But with the millions in legal fees and interest expense to service the debt, it was negative more than $9 million on a net basis in January of 2023. As it validates UPC scan data mentioned earlier, revenues of Bang Energy have been falling hard which always throws a monkey wrench into things. So a cost optimization plan has been put in motion that included a large SKU rationalization, a commercial real estate sale and leaseback strategy and cuts to the marketing spend, just to kind of name a few actions. Though Jack Golak had been publicly touting how Bang Energy was on track to complete the greatest comeback in beverage history, my guess is that he also started seeing the writing on the wall. So with not many viable options left to save his company that he birthed 30 years ago, Jack Gowak leaked the potential of a Hail Mary move in mid-January through a social media post on Instagram. He stated that Bang Energy was working on an initial public offering or an IPO. Now, I have no idea the level of seriousness, but I kind of never saw an S1 document filed with the SEC which is the first kind of kickoff step to becoming a publicly traded company. That Instagram post has since been edited, likely because the SEC has strict communication guidelines when it comes to its IPOs. It's what the SEC refers to as gun jumping, which generally is when a business violates rules around sharing information too soon or without public discourse, typically regarding IPOs or mergers. But let's just say hypothetically Jack Gowak had major interest in taking his company public. Is that even possible? I'm obviously not a securities lawyer, so maybe there's a law or a regulation I don't know about that puts a kibosh on this right off the bat. But even without that, he'd face massive uphill battles to get creditors to agree to that plan. Remember, the biggest unsecured creditors are competitors with Monster Energy and PepsiCo amounting to well over a half a billion dollars just themselves. Another thing would be that any company operating under bankruptcy laws no longer qualify for listings on major exchanges like the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. So either Bank Energy would have to list on the over-the-counter market that would not have the firepower to raise enough anyways, or Bang Energy would first need to get out of bankruptcy, which is the problem already, right? If Bang Energy had buyers lined up that were Team Jack and interested in paying such a high number that the creditors and bankruptcy court would approve, then 
That would have already happened before a bankruptcy was even filed. Finally, the public markets are not a place for companies with a stark year-over-year declining sales trend. At about three or four hundred million dollar run rate now, declining sales of 40 or 50 percent year-over-year, and them being unprofitable because of this debt load, you'd struggle to get a one billion dollar valuation, which is below the total debt anyways. Now, I know Celsius Holdings get blah, 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 revenue multiple, but right now, in March 2023, I'm sorry, but you couldn't come up with a further comp than these two energy drink brands. Okay, so we're basically kind of caught up on everything and now can get into some of the most recent bombshell headlines. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. A few weeks ago, Monster Energy filed a motion in a California federal court seeking an additional $167 million in its false advertising suit against Bang Energy for punitive damages, lawyers' fees, and unjust profits. Talk about putting the foot on the throat of a competitor, but wait, it might get worse fast. Then, a few days ago, a press release comes out by Bang Energy that says the board of directors acknowledge Jack O'Ock's vision in founding this leading brand and creating a world-class product in the energy drinks category. But he has been relieved of his CEO and chairman of the board duties. The new interim CEO would be John DiDonato, yep, the managing director from Huron Consulting. Now, You might be asking yourself, how does a founder that owns reportedly 100% of the company's shares get ousted? It would likely be from a vote of no confidence from the board of directors. A no confidence vote effectively removes a person from an influential position before more damage can be done to the organization. Here's the thing about these hostile takeover measures. When you mix them with someone like Jack Goak, who has a brash personality, a counterattack is likely. This would generate unexpected consequences that can be damaging over the long term to the organization and to the people in it. So that's why you're seeing now like court documents come up for them trying to take away his soapbox, so like his social media accounts because he has over a million followers. But then you must ask yourself, why now would the board of directors oust Jack Owak? Again, all speculation at this point, but I believe Monster Energy requested due diligence on a potential transaction. Huron Consulting, bankers, and the board of directors were interested for a number of reasons I'll explain next, and Jack Oak went nuclear after realizing that his most hated rival, Monster Energy, could very well acquire Bang Energy. Huron Consulting, bankers, and the board of directors are essentially fiduciaries to the creditors to maximize the bankrupt asset's value. They must consider all offers, especially those that would be considering a strong stocking horse bid. And I know this like bankruptcy jargon isn't too familiar for most of you, so a stocking horse bid is an initial bid on the assets of a bankrupt company, setting the low-end bidding bar so that other bidders can't underbid that purchase price. 
Another assumption would be that regardless of Jack Oak being calm or pissed off or whatever, a spoken or maybe unspoken stipulation of the potential auction bids by anyone, especially Monster Energy, would be that Jack Oak is gone. That was always going to be the case if the bankruptcy went to a non-friendly party transaction. Okay, so the last thing to consider here is why would Monster Energy want to purchase Bang Energy? There are a few things to probably think about here, starting with a few logic-based ones. First, you have to consider they are the biggest creditor, so they likely would get a nice discount. Secondly, is that Monster Energy is in a strong balance sheet position and looking to gain overall market share through its recent external deals and internal business strategies. We can see that. Thirdly, most think about mergers and acquisitions transactions, at least in the CPG industry, as ones that are either conglomerate, concentric, or market or product extension ones, but you also have horizontal. And in this case, Monster Energy is trying to consolidate the performance energy drink subcategory and fend off upstart brands like Ghost, C4 Energy, Rise, Alani New, and Celsius, just to kind of name a few. Now on to the emotional reason. Ronnie Sachs hates Jack Oak, and this mergers and acquisition move would be the ultimate fuck you move, especially if the goal would be to just sunset the brand after ripping all the brand equity away by using it as a low-cost performance energy drink offering to prop up its Rain Total Body brand. If Rodney Sachs pulls off this move, I'd maybe like lovingly label him as one of the most dangerous businessmen in the CPG industry and someone you likely don't want to cross. I just want to kind of end on some quick final thoughts and maybe consider an alternate path for the bankruptcy auction that is scheduled for April 27th of 2023. I think the probabilities are low, but a buyer outside of Monster Energy could be either a private equity firm that is willing to play nice with Monster, that, or I've even heard something like Constellation Brands, which was rumored to be interested in a merger with Monster Energy in 2022. Finally, I want to echo something I said in that previous content. This shouldn't be a time you or your company privately or publicly applauds the fall of Jack Oak. Like him or not, your negative words about him are more of an indication of your character than anything else. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 